Good morning and welcome to our worship service of the United Methodist Church of Westlake Village on this Father's Day, Sunday, January 18th, 2023. Whether in person or online, we are glad you join us today. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice in God. Let's take a moment to greet one another in your pews with the peace of Christ. Let's find our seats, please, and settle in. It, it was great fun standing up here. Uh, Ricky and I really had a good time watching you being so um, happy to see one another. That's wonderful. Um, just a word. Um, we wish Pastor Walt and his wife, Debbie, the best, as they're in Philadelphia with their son, Stuart, and his family. Stuart graduates from his residency in emergency medicine at Jefferson Hospital and will be working in the emergency room as an emergency room doctor in the Philadelphia area. And they're there to be part of that very special ceremony with Stuart and his wife. So, <clears throat> and this morning, we welcome the Reverend Dr. Mary Dennis and thank her for being with us this morning. Pastor Mary comes to us by way of the Baltimore Washington Conference, where she served in the local church, districts, and the conference for 20 years. For the last four years, Pastor Mary has served the North District, which is our district, as the change manager, where she supports pastors and congregations while undergoing transformations. In addition, she provides oversight for the district's building projects paving the way for new affordable housing development. Pastor Mary is, has two married adult children and two lovely grandchildren. One family lives in Maryland, the other in Southern California. Thank you for joining us this Sunday after annual conference. You're very welcome. They finished last night at um, down by the airport, right? Yes. Our Annual conference people are surrounding me right now, so thank you. So here are some reminders about activities and ministries that are taking place in the coming weeks. The first and most important one is today. You have goodies after church in honor of Father's Day, so please linger after a few minutes on the patio and enjoy the goodies and um, say happy Father's Day to the fathers. Okay. <laughs> And also, this is a really special day for Jan and Kurt Sorensen. The flowers on the altar are in honor of their 70th wedding anniversary. <laughs> I didn't know there were, you could get married in Nebraska as children, but apparently you can <laughs> because Yes, the they, they brought the flowers to us, and Candy, of course, prepared them for us. So thank you very much. They're beautiful. And the small flowers apparently are from the choir party last night, um, and uh, they shared them with us this morning as well. So I have a couple of other announcements um, left by Pastor Walt, so bear with me. This is Pride Month. This is a time for us to uh, celebrate the... Pride and welcome uh, the diversity of God's family with respect to understanding, with care and support. Next Sunday, we will have 
a special time here at church for Pride Sunday. Um, cake will be served again. Is this the third Sunday in a row? Yes, nice. We're getting spoiled. Um, so uh, please keep that in mind when you're coming to worship next week. Also, um, some, this is what Walt said. Some folks who enjoy singing and making music are considering joining Pastor Walt this summer to make joyful noise. Interested? They'll be gathering in Alton Hall on Wednesday evening at 6.30, beginning July 12. Come and have some great fun. So consider yourself invited. And finally, Linda Northrup will be leading a Bible study in July. It will be starting on July 7th, 6th. Linda is here. I should let her make her announcement. Do you want to do that? Thank you, Linda. We're looking forward to it. I've already heard several people saying they can't wait. So, seven, yes, seven p.m. One hour class, correct? Okay. All right, then. Um, I think that's everything. So let us just take a moment and begin worship. Thank you. We have come to celebrate. To Please stand for the call of worship and remain standing for the hymn and the invocation. Come, brothers and sisters, let us worship the Lord our God. We open up our spirits to worship, seeking nurture and guidance. May the Lord touch us all and lead us in the ways of faith. Praise, honor, Thank you. 
Lift up your hearts. Let us pray. Holy Lord God, we pray that your presence would be among us in this time of worship, and that through it we would be nourished and strengthened in our faith, and we would be encouraged and empowered in our discipleship. Amen. Good morning, my name is Jessica Welsh, and I'm the Youth Program Director here at Santa Clarita United Methodist. For today's children's moment, we are going to be talking about a mystery person. Charlie and I are going to give you some clues. When you think you know who it is, go ahead and type the answer in the chat box. By the time we've finished giving you all the clues, we should know who it is. Are you ready to get started? Here's the first clue. F is for forgiving. Even when we disobey or do something wrong, this person is willing to forgive us. A is for attentive. When we need someone to talk to, this person is willing to listen to what we have to say. T is for teacher. This person teaches us the most important lessons of our life. He teaches us right from wrong, and he teaches us by example how to love one another. H is for helpful. This person helps us to make the important decisions we face each and every day. He may offer advice, or he may just be a good listener, but he is always there to help us. E is for energetic. No matter how tired he is, this person always seems to find the energy to do things with us and for us. Or is for ready. This person is always ready to reach out in love to us. He is ready to do whatever we need. Who is this person? Did you guess our father? You're correct. Now, some of us have fathers at home with us here on earth and some of us don't. But we all have a heavenly father who wants to do all of these things for us. And after all, that is who our earthly fathers use as their example. Let's be in an attitude of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for our fathers. We thank you for father figures. And Lord, we thank you for the example you set for all of them. Thank you for being our father in heaven. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Happy Father's Day! Good morning, John and Cordy Gentry and small person. Oh my goodness, it's wonderful to see you here this morning. Yes, everyone, you can greet them after church. 
I just couldn't resist doing that. <clears throat> so, with that thought in mind, let us center ourselves as we unite our spirits with God in prayer. God, we draw close, close to you, asking you to hear our prayers, prayers for peace in our country and around the globe, for an end to violence and peaceful resolutions to conflict, for welcoming hearts and tender mercies. O oh Lord, we pray for members and friends who are experiencing immediate and ongoing health concerns and medical situations. Among them, Steve Ames, Judy and Joseph Rivera, Sandra DeLong, Esther Mayer, Mary Nolan, and Jan Alquist's sister, Suzanne. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And now, in a time of silence, in our own private prayers, May we go to God to offer our own prayers and petitions, whispers of hope, moments of grace. Oh Lord, hear our prayer. <clears throat> Finally, God, we offer heartfelt thanksgiving for answered prayers, times of healing, blessings of joy, love, and friendship, for your presence and your providence, for this caring community and for those present and online who are worshiping with us today. Oh Lord, hear our prayer. We pray all this in the name of your Son, joining together in the prayer Jesus taught us, saying, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power in the glory forever. Amen.
Our scripture reading today is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Hear these words. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with clear conscience as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you, through the laying on of my hands. For God did give us the spirit, for God did not give us the spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed then of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God who saved us and called us with his holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it, is, it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. For this reason, I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, 
For I know that one in whom I have put my trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted to him, holding to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me. In the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus, guard the good treasures entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. The words of God for the people of God. Thank you, Rick. Good morning. It's nice to be with you all this morning. I know Pastor Walt's away and uh, for a joyous thing, and I used to live near Philadelphia. Let me tell you, they've got that bridge down, and it's a mess, but hopefully you can get around that for where the hotel is and where all the activities are. Anyway, um, wow. Here we are, gathered together again to hear a word from the Lord. We have just heard how Timothy was rooted in the faith by his mother and his grandmother. And I don't know about you, but it turns out, so was I. As I was growing up, both sets of grandparents and my parents were Catholic. My siblings and I were raised in that Catholic root of the tree of Christian faith. My dad's parents lived in Minnesota, so we only got to visit them once every few years. But I knew my mother's parents very well because every Sunday after mass and lunch, we hopped into the station wagon and drove the 10 miles to my grandparents' house to spend the afternoon. My Aunt Katie, mom's oldest sister, lived there as well. She was our maiden aunt, and she loved having the eight of us children over at the house to visit. Grandpa was German and a man of few words. In fact, hard as I try, I can't recall a single thing he ever said directly to me. <laughs> we called my mom's mom, Mama, and she was a master storyteller. And we kids gathered around her feet for hours as she told us stories about her life and her friends and her faith. Mom was the youngest of three daughters. And my Aunt Mimi, ooh, well, that's another story for another day. <laughs> but it turns out my parents met while singing in the church choir. They shared a love of sacred music, and it was often playing in our homes we were growing up. Dad was the cantor of our church, leading the faithful in the praise music song at, at worship. He made sure that we siblings attended Catholic school, and he entrusted our education in the faith to the nuns. Even though both parents modeled the faith, it was my mom who talked to us about how to live and why faith matters. Nevertheless, we had a family secret that wasn't revealed until decades later. Maybe you all had family secrets too. <laughs> but one by one, most of my older siblings departed from their Catholic upbringing as young adults, which caused deep consternation on my parents' part. They lectured us and wrote letters to try to convince us to stay rooted in the Catholic faith. But one by one, my brothers and sisters would reply, it's all right, mom and dad. We're grateful for the foundation that you have provided for us. After all, we're still Christians. 
And over time, my folks reluctantly came around. By the time I left the denomination of my birth, my brother Joe had already become a Methodist. And I believe that kind of made it easier for my parents to accept my move to Methodism. But they didn't like it one bit. So imagine their response when I told them that I had been called by God to be a pastor. Me, a married woman and a mother of children. Oh my gosh. But my dad wisely asked about my call to ministry. And after hearing it and seeing God's transforming love in my life, he came around. My mom, on the other hand, clammed up and didn't discuss it with me. I don't know, maybe that was her German side coming out. But in 1996, I entered seminary in Washington, D.C. And just two weeks later, my Aunt Katie died. After her funeral, my mom rode in the limousine with the pastor for the graveside service. And unbeknownst to me, mom told him how proud she was of me for answering the call and preparing to lead in the church. What? I was flabbergasted when the pastor told me that afterwards. However, that wasn't the family secret. No, that secret wasn't revealed until after my graduation from seminary. Both my parents attended the ceremony along with my family, and at the dinner that followed, my mom handed me a gift. I opened the box, and inside, I found my great-great-grandfather's Methodist hymnal. <laughs> and when I opened the front, you won't believe what I found. He was named John Wesley Hayes. And the book was given to him, most likely at his confirmation, in 1860. It's a treasured possession of mine as you can imagine. But I was shocked. My head was spinning, and I thought, are you kidding me? <laughs> you knew all along that I had Methodist roots, and you never said a word? However, being ever the respectful daughter, I smiled and said, wow, what a lovely way to discover my Methodist roots. <laughs> John Wesley Hayes, only a devout follower of the Methodist movement would give their child such a name. I wondered, could he or his father have been early Methodist preachers? I'll never know, because that is the one story my grandmother never told us. <laughs> so like Timothy, I have been rooted in the faith from the beginning. Yet I know that if we had time to share one another's faith stories, that each one would be different and unique. We often share these stories at new members class when we join a church and nowhere else. And I think that's a shame because it always fascinates me to hear how creative the spirit is as she leads us in the faith and how intentional God is and placing spiritual mentors in our lives. How is it that you became rooted in the faith? When do you ever share your story of growth and faith, coming to faith and growing in faith? 
Perhaps you might share them today at the Father's Day uh, cake and your celebration after church. I encourage you to do that because you'd be surprised. If you could hear one another share what God has done in your lives and how well this got started, I think you'd be really surprised. Friends, faith is a large part of our identity. We share a heritage of being grounded in the Christian faith and rooted in the Wesleyan way of understanding and living out this faith. Today, we will explore what it means for us and how Christ unites us with Jesus' followers throughout the world. And yes, I can do this in 10 minutes. I'm just that good. You can time me. (laughs) For Christians, our identity as Jesus' followers comes first before any other identity before racial, ethnic, cultural, class, or gender. It means belonging to his body, belonging to a multiracial and international community with everything else put down the line. People have been coming to Jesus ever since the Magi left their palaces, the shepherds, their flocks to follow the star. Our Christian identity is ancient. Yet today, there are 2.2 billion people all over the world who, like us, follow Jesus the Christ. We believe that Jesus saves us and calls us with a holy calling. We believe that he is divine, yet lived and walked on this earth 2,000 years ago. We affirm that first ancient creed that said, Jesus is Lord. Through his life, ministry, and death, Jesus brought life and immortality to light in the gospel. This is the good news that Christ invites us to share. It's his eternal life and our opportunity to be part of it. And this is Paul's message of which he is unashamed. He put his trust in Jesus and we can too. In this letter to Timothy, Paul wrote, hold to the standard of sound teaching that you heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. Because of Jesus, we can be bold and courageous in living and sharing the faith. We are entrusted with the knowledge that he is the way, the truth, and the life. This Jesus connects us with the source that is God and with one another. And when we say we are Christians, we are saying that we belong to Christ, that our identity starts there, right? Well, after deciding to lead the Catholic Church, I set out on a path to find a place where I could better connect with God in Christ and grow my faith. During my time of seeking, I met my husband. Together, we visited many other iterations of the Christian faith. That's right, we went church shopping. We've all done it one time or another, right? So that's how we made our way to the United Methodist Church. And our first church offered a class The pastor taught, and it was called Methodism 101, and we were the first to sign up. That's when I learned about John Wesley's life and ministry. 
This trailblazer was an Anglican priest in England, like his father, and later his brother Charles. He took his identity as a Christian seriously and practiced the spiritual disciplines constantly. Wesley's sermons on grace for all were considered so radical that they barred him from returning to churches when he came as a guest preacher. Oops, I guess I better be careful what I say next. <laughs> barred from many churches, Wesley began preaching in the fields beside factories and mines as the workers ended their labor. He preached at the ports in Bristol, England to slave traders to cease their human trafficking even as their ships were being loaded up. John and Charles Wesley wrote thousands of hymns, often using pub tunes to sing out their faith because the people already knew them. He was very practical, and I love that about him. Methodism in the United States dates back to 1736 when John and Charles came as missionaries to Georgia to spread the gospel to the new world. John Wesley and the early Methodists were particularly concerned with inviting people to experience God's grace and to grow in their knowledge and love of God through disciplined Christian living. They placed primary emphasis on putting your faith in action. Wesley established a system to help people come to faith and grow in faith, namely the Methodist societies and class meetings. They were the forerunners of today's small groups. He was nothing if not methodical, and that's how the Wesleyan way of discipleship became known as Methodism. And today, there are 280 million people called Methodists around the world. This is our Methodist heritage. These are our roots. Now, it may sound like a confirmation class, but even so, it's good to review from time to time where we came from, what we believe, and how we live out our faith. I would venture to guess that some of you here may never have known those things that I just shared about the faith, about Methodism. So in the words of Fanny Crosby, that prolific Methodist hymn writer, this is our story, this is our song, praising our Savior all the day long. It's also a very important part of our identity. This is our distinctive way of living as children of the light. And we do it as a global church with over 50 different nationalities or ethnicities in 138 countries. Friends, our diversity is our strength. We normally gather together every four years for general conference, and it's wonderful to see the breadth of diversity within the denomination that echoes God's kingdom. Even though we have our differences of opinion, we gather together to worship God and share Christ with one another at the table of grace. By this act, we are fed. We are rooted in faith and united in Christ. So in addition to asking you to share your story about coming to faith with one another, I would also like you to consider something else. What are you presently doing or could you do to help another person come to faith? Or how might you help another person develop their faith? 
I'm asking this in part because it's our awareness of Jesus' compassion for those who are considered least, last, or lost. At some point, someone pointed the way to Christ for us. And now it's our turn to shepherd those who need the Lord. Now, I'm certain that this church offers ways for groups to do this. I just heard about the women's group coming up, the study group. But for those of you that are not presently serving in these capacities, how might you become a mentor or a guide to someone new to the faith? Today, I challenge you to pray about this and name one or two people that you could potentially mentor. It could be a grandchild, a neighbor, a friend, or a coworker. Just identify specific person or persons and then prayerfully make a plan. I'll even help you with the plan. <laughs> it can be as simple as inviting your prospective mentee out for coffee or lunch to develop a relationship. Ask them what they believe so that you have a starting point to begin sharing your story and your beliefs. With the Spirit's help, discern the best way to pass on the Christian tradition to them. And if they don't have a worshiping community, well, invite them to church. Even offer to drive them here. That way you'll have time to answer any questions that they may have and clarify things that may have confused them. Many of us have been coming to church mostly or all of our lives, and it seems very natural to come into this space and stand and pray and sing. But for someone new to the faith, it's a very different story. So it's good to walk alongside somebody new to the faith, especially when they come to visit church. But another idea is to invite them to join you on a mission or a service project. Working side by side and meeting some other people at the church just might be the best way to jumpstart their faith journey. Friends, don't let fear hold you back. Trust the Holy Spirit to guide you. You can become a mentor, even when you don't know everything about Jesus or Christianity. If your mentee asks you a question and you don't know the answer, y'all have a phone, right? Pick up the phone, go to Siri, go to Wikipedia. You'd be surprised what you can find there. Of course, if you're really stumped, you can always say, you know, that's a great question. Let me make an appointment with a pastor and we can go together to ask him or her. Now I have a caveat. If you're going to do this, please give your pastor the heads up <laughs> that you're coming and what the topic is that you wish to discuss so that they can be prepared to fully respond. I know that you can do this. Remember that Jesus himself gave us these marching orders at the Great Commission when he said, go and make disciples. Teach them all that I have said to you. In fact, that's why you were rooted in the faith in the first place. First for yourself and your own edification, but then, or so that, you could share what you know with others. Share the joy of knowing Jesus today. Just wait 
until the benediction, and then go, uniting others with Christ. Okay? Amen. You are invited to share of your financial resources via the instructions that are on the screen to help support the ministries of Christ that happen throughout our congregation. Your generosity is needed to keep us going, to keep us doing the good we do. So give generously and be part of what happens in people's lives through the congregation of the United Methodist Church of Westlake Village.
Let us pray. Holy God, we ask that you bless these gifts and those who give them, that our ministries in your Son's spirit might thrive, helping your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. clean up a little bit. I made a mess over here. <laughs> May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Holy Spirit breathe love into your hearts. And may Jesus show you the way. Now go and share with one another. Oh, there's more. Oh, you got a written one. I didn't get the final bulletin. <laughs> we can do this too. Okay, stay safe. Be healthy. Know you are loved. We go in God's spirit, seeking peace and justice, letting love be all we think, say, and Be blessed by that spirit and be a blessing to others. Amen. Amen. Amen.